0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Trek culture podcast. It's delightful to see you all again. That's right. I can see you no matter where you are or what you're listening to, because that's how Star Trek works or something. I'm your host, Sean Ferrick. And joining me as always is the co-hostest with the mostest. It's the wonderful Tom Roberts Finn. How are you, sir?
3: Hello, I'm good. I just like to say it is the morning for us. But it's not for those who are going to be listening to this when it comes out, which is fine.
0: <laughs> you're right. If you're listening to this and it's morning, stop. Yeah, You wait until <laughs> evening. Okay? That's yeah. how this works. Um, we are joined by the beacon of radiance and happiness and the most victim, most victim, most recent victim of my ups and downs abuse. It's the wonderful Ellie Littlechild. How are you?
2: I'm I'm okay. I'm gonna get payback on you at some point when you're least expecting it.
0: You're here right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm at your front door.
0: <laughs> Let me in. It's cold. There are wolves after me. <laughs> <laughs> so to see you in digital form again. After I got to see you last week in real form.
2: I know. It's, yeah. it's sad, isn't it? It was too short a time.
0: <laughs> I wasn't there. That's what. It, so it could have been better. We need yeah. to arm at
2: the next one. Let the team down.
3: No one will ever see me in real life.
2: <laughs> he doesn't exist.
3: No, it's a voice really. Come on, <laughs> I'm an online phantom that's just been haunting you guys for ages. <laughs> um, but before we talk about well, when you guys are met in real life, let's talk about the new episode of Strange New Worlds. Whoop, whoop,
1: whoop. <laughs>
0: Among the Lotus Eaters, my feelings were made fairly clear on the ups and downs. That makes it sound like I thought it was terrible. I didn't. I just thought it was five <laughs> minutes of story stretched over 40 minutes of uh, film.
2: Mm-hmm. What did you think? Look, we've heard enough about what you think of it, Sean. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, What did I? Sorry, Tom. I'm just going to answer this. <laughs> no,
3: go, go. Please. No one's um... listening to me moan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, please. Ellie's trying to talk.
2: <laughs> no, it's interesting though because I hadn't seen it when you had recorded the ups and downs, and obviously I was there when you recorded the ups and downs, so I heard your opinion on some of those things, and so I was quite intrigued to watch the episode, having heard your thoughts on it. I'll be honest, I didn't mind it. Mm. I was go, I went in thinking, oh god, this is not going to be so great. I mean, the-, the phrase that we'd come up with when we were in the the studio was a beige a beige episode, so I was kind of, I watched. Um, the ep- the week before episode as well in the same viewing. And so I was kind of ready to be like, well, this is going to be great and this one's not going to be so great. But actually, I was pleasantly surprised, you know? you know, Maybe you were a bit harsh, Sean. Come on.
0: <laughs> uh, one or two of the comments certainly um, uh, uh, indicated I was being a bit harsh. Uh, <laughs> I think one of them was just like, who pissed in your cornflakes this morning? <laughs>
3: um,
2: I mean, they didn't know that you'd been traveling for the whole day, you know,
3: yeah, they yeah. Didn't know Chris actually pissed in your cornflakes that morning,
2: or <laughs> the coffee that I gave you, <laughs> and,
3: he,
0: and, and he was right to do it. Um, but uh, oh, I, 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 sorry, I shouldn't skip it, but just just this morning, I saw one of the comments that just made me laugh so much, and it's it's when you bring in the coffee, and I go, uh, what do you want, a medal? And someone just said, I've been in tears for five minutes now, laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, poor
1: Ellie. <laughs>
2: But what I do quite like, there was oh, quite a few comments like, standing to my defence, which was quite nice. It's like, why are we all being so mean to Ellie? I was like, yeah, why are we all being so mean to Ellie? <laughs> Ellie, all please. All I've done Tom is be nice.
0: Opinion, yes. Tom, what did you think of the
3: episode? <laughs> well, I actually have, it seems, a different opinion, as always, as you guys, and I quite liked it. Oh, my God. Beige. This is probably been my, favorite. My favorite episode so far of this season, I think. I agree. I I don't actually watch your ups and downs until after the podcast because I don't, I, I want to know what you think here. I don't generally, already. yeah. I don't
2: generally watch film the <laughs> until at least I've watched it, but I was there. So, you know,
3: yeah. in the room, I had yeah, no yeah. choice. <laughs> um, and like what you said about five minutes of story stretched over, I agree. But that's what I liked about it. And it reminded me of TOS Star Trek. It was like, this is the premise of the episode and that's going to be it for the rest of the episode and just get used to that. And I liked it. It wasn't a strange world. It wasn't a new world. So I haven't got my strange new world yet, but I have got my strange world. <laughs> so I'm happy.
2: Yeah. I will say that as someone who, I know that we like to talk a lot about how the fact that I haven't necessarily been as a big Star Trek fan for as long as maybe you guys have.
0: It Seven was- minutes, right. who, who, who?
1: <laughs>
2: hey look, Chris values this opinion So yeah. I don't care what you say
1: Precisely yeah. <laughs>
2: But because I maybe don't have as deep a knowledge as you do I mean, I knew that Rigel 7 was an important word In as much as when it was mentioned I was like, that sounds familiar But I will admit that I did have to maybe do a little bit of googling And research to be like, why is this important again? And kind of go back Because I mean, I've seen The Cage But The Cage was the very first episode I put on When I first got this job and was told to watch all of Star Trek Which was, you know coming on to two years ago <laughs> so i did have to do a bit of research but then once i kind of understood the relevance of it i did like that kind of callback i like it that they kind of connected those two storylines together
0: my issue with the episode is that it's what it wasn't bad in any way and although yeah i my, all my points stand i thought everything in it was good i just it, it, it's, it's that stretch that's, that's my issue with the episode right but Anson Mount as usual is excellent in it um, and I do like I love how it ties back into the cage um, mm-hmm. and there's even uh, I mean I, I refuse to believe this isn't deliberate there's a wonderful moment where they're stood in a cage and Pike <laughs> goes this is a cage and I'm just like I know that I've seen that episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything else aside Pike's beat down of your man Zach that was just like Oh, oh! I, I, I really think Pike's gonna kill this guy. Like there's bits where I've never thought Picard was going to kill someone. Um, mm-hmm. Even at times, Kirk. Do you know what I mean? And Kirk would be the most kind of rock 'em sock 'em. Cisco uh, would poison a planet, and he'd do it with a song in his heart. Like, oh, come song.
2: on, come on now, Janeway. She'd wipe them out.
0: Come <laughs> on. Like you saw the one with the big fl- the the space bugs. You know, like you know, Janeway. Like you know, like <laughs> to use my knife. Um, <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. And Pike pulling back from that and just like that interaction was fantastic. So there's so much good in this. It's just my point as stands, it's just like I, I think I felt so bad for the actor Reed Bernie, who I think is actually really good in everything I've seen him in. But he was obviously told to be so horrible for a second. He was obviously told you get to say the word memories this week. You happy? Mm. You get to say the word memories and you get to say it a lot. I will
2: say, though, going on from what you've just said there about, you know, you really believe that Pike could kill him. I have seen a few comments um, on social media and things about how this episode is a really good kind of commentary on um, dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that. And that kind of approach to memory loss. And what I really did find interesting about this episode is that idea that the kind of trivial information can go and I'm I'm putting that very loosely because obviously like who you are is not trivial but in terms of like you might forget your name and where you've come from but there's there's something inside you that you'll never lose like your deep true emotions will always be there and your instincts no matter what they are will always be there and so that kind of look at pike there you know, not knowing anything about who he is and yet being capable of of really, really hurting someone kind of speaks for w- what are his instincts and what are his emotions and how do his emotions drive his instincts when he knows nothing else about who he is. And I found that very interesting.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely think um, Pike in this always has that look of, um, and maybe this is just Anson Mount in general, <clears throat> he has that look of like extreme anger hidden away all the time
2: I feel um, like that's handsome amount
3: yeah <laughs> I think stood in too. front of
2: him I feel like that's maybe just his face
3: <laughs> yeah but it works it works great I know it's, it does it's the Cisco thing of like I think this man might actually kill me at any moment but but with Cisco he will just do it <laughs> Where with Pike it's like hidden behind like a boyish charm kind of thing. They did that classic TV show thing in that section when he was beating the crap out of that guy, where really that man's face should have just been like pulp by that point. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah. I've got a bloody nose <laughs> and it's like <laughs> That's actually you know what, that's a funny I like I have
0: no issue whatsoever that it wasn't a bloody pulp, but I agree with you. Like if it was if this was Game of Thrones, he'd be spitting yeah. teeth up and everything. Yeah, um yeah. I and mean, it's funny because it still is, I think, strange. New worlds every now and again. it does get the TVMA rating every now and again, like so. It's kind of like, probably could go a bit further. So, this one was a 15. A big... Oh, it was a 15. 15, rating. Oh, yeah, I know, just just, yeah. just like you know, half have... no, but um, I think maybe even in even in that loss of control, there's still the Boy Scout. I just want to pick up on what you said there, Ellie, because a lot of comments spoke to uh, dementia sufferers and, you know, dealing with people with that. And I would would be fully honest, that was not something I picked up on on First Watch. And then I appreciate those comments very, very much because I went, oh, right, okay, yes. And there is that frustration Mm. of, you know, I know I know this, I know I know this, but I can't remember what it is. And, you know, just how like I said, well, obviously frustrating that can be not only for the person, but for the people around them. Yeah, that was something I hadn't really appreciated. So it kind of made me it made me look at the episode in a bit of a different light. I think I I still think there's a bit of a stretch when it comes to the episode. But if I look at it through that lens, I think a lot of the performances, they get that little bit deeper.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's that whole question, isn't there, about is it if a memory is painful, do you want to retrieve it? Uh-huh. Is it, you know, you kind of want to keep those memories that kind of just getting rid of it is That's the easy way out, isn't it? If I forget, then, you know, I forget and it means nothing. But you kind of deep down still have that that feeling inside that there's something missing and that balance of, yes, it is a painful memory, but it's my memory mm. and I don't want to lose it. Even if it's painful,
3: it's like the film Eternal Sunshine* and *Spotless Mind*. If you watch that, that's a
2: very confusing
1: film. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, but the whole thing of like, well, spoilers. Kind of, it's about this doomed relationship, but it sort of gets to the point where they go, "Well, you know, that's fine because I'd rather have lived this doomed relationship again with you rather than forget you completely because I don't want that. Like, I, I would yeah. rather the pain. It's um, like
2: I, I'd rather yeah. have lived and suffered than to have never lived at all. Yeah, you know.
0: yeah. To part of the wonderful yeah. Captain Kirk from Star Trek: Five to Final Frontier, I want my pain. I need my pain. <laughs> um, it's it's maybe a simple way of putting it, but yeah, because yeah. you know we grow, uh, and it's that that moment at the end when Reed Bernie's character goes, "No, I, I am glad that I got these memories back. I, you know, I I had a family. I had a child. That was uh, okay. That's just gained a point in the episode."
2: I think it then speaks for the power of a memory and how that can alter you. So as I was saying earlier about, you know, when Pike doesn't know who he is and his instincts of fighting come out, it's not until he regains those memories, those lessons he's learned in life that give him the control to not beat someone to death. It just tells you how how important those memories are in In shaping who you are and shaping your life and giving you those restraints and morals and the importance of those to control your instincts.
3: What you were saying earlier about the sort of, you know, the repeating of the same idea throughout the episode. I can think of many Star Trek episodes that do that same thing. I mean, you've got the one where Riker keeps getting put back into this sort of asylum Love oh. Frame. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got um, the one when the, the 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 Enterprise is blowing up over and over again. Like there's so many Star Trek episodes where it's like you're stuck in this one thing that you have to keep going through and slowly figure out, oh, something is actually wrong.
0: You know, actually, to, to that point as well, it's one of the strengths of DS9's emissary. You know, Cisco trying to explain to the Prophets what linear time is. And they're like, so why do we keep coming back to WoW 359? You exist yeah. here in this moment. <laughs> um, and it is, and it's like, because I remember watching that as a kid and I was just like, ah, bang, bang, boom, boom. Yeah, I was five, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, and now I'm just like, oh, I see DS9 just came out bloody swinging, dealing with trauma in their first episode. Okay, mm-hmm. mother of God. Uh, but it, and it it's, I think it ties in very well to what you were saying there. It's that you need to process the moment to be able to move forward. And if you don't process the moment, you're just going to keep coming back to it.
3: If I could say something about the episode as well, that this is going to sound like a bad thing, but it was a good thing. I fell asleep during the episode for my first watch, and then I fell asleep again for my second watch, right towards the end. That's what Star Trek is for me. If I fall asleep during Star Trek, you've done a good job, because I always fall asleep during Star Trek. Because even if it's an exciting action-packed episode, it's still sort of lulling away, like it's still very sort of like dreamy. Everything's a bit like slow, and maybe there's just the sound of the ship in the background while everyone's speaking. Like I wasn't like kept awake of like, ah, oh, what's going on now? I need to watch this. I'm just, like, ah, oh, this is a lovely Star Trek episode.
2: The only part of that that maybe doesn't help is that loud ringing.
3: Yes, that God. was really
2: jarring. <laughs> when you have
3: headphones on, it's horrible. I actually saw someone comment like, you
0: know, just uh, and I suppose this is quite a fair warning. It's like warning to any anyone with uh, tinnitus.
3: Yeah. Heads up, this episode is going to drive you mad
2: Oh, because it kept happening I was like, we get it
3: <laughs> But also, when I was I was falling asleep watching at one point I kept getting woken up by the bit when the um, I can't remember which of, Is it asteroids? Because I know there's various words for it I think it's asteroid Because I think meteorite I think asteroid. Yeah, meteorite hits the it. earth And then almost yeah. is off in the distance Yeah um, when those are hitting into the ship that woke me up because they made that re- they made it scarier than any other time a ship's been attacked by like weapons the, the sort of sound they used of it whacking against the shields was like horrifying and really like shocked me awake the first time it happened so that was good
2: yeah and um, that's probably a choice really when you think about it all these people on this ship who are so used to being in that environment and suddenly they don't know who they are or where they are and that was if you think about it it's probably a, a choice that they made to kind of emphasize the fact that no one knows what's going on. And suddenly these situations that to them are normal and Mm -hmm. that's their job. Suddenly they're trapped in a tin can in space and there's things crashing into them and they don't know what's going on. And suddenly like, ah,
0: that's that's actually, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, you know, kind of, I want to go and explore space and it's going to be wonderful. And it's like, Oh really? No way. Yeah. One particle of space dust has just punched a hole in your tin can. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Bye. But yeah, no, I I generally I really like this episode. There was just something calming about it, which I think is the beige aspect. Like it, it it didn't do anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't trying to, and I I was I was happy because what they did do, I think they did well. Like what they actually were trying to achieve. And the thing I was complaining about for the first season about everyone being zany and having quips and one liners and all that kind of stuff, it seems like they've dropped that a bit this season. It feels like everyone is like, not everyone is the comedy character. Everyone has their own thing this time. Yeah. Like there, there's been some bloody
0: gold moments this season, like Uhura's silent reaction last week to La Ann being out of uniform. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. They didn't have to include that moment and it was brilliant. So the thing that we haven't spoken about is Ortegas. I was just going to um, say that. <laughs> yeah. Because now, I mean, this might be wishful thinking, but so I make the point during the ups and downs and... People have made the point that the well, like, you know, kind of like, this can't be the Ortegas episode. Because mm-hmm. if it is, this wasn't an Ortegas episode. This was a Pike episode featuring Ortegas.
2: Yeah, I do um, agree with that.
0: Yes, she got to record a personal log and a personal log supplemental. And yet there's the whole like, I really like the I'm Erica Ortegas and I fly the ship, which is really fun. But imagine that was her big episode of the season. And you're like, wow, they did not write a character bio for you.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, that is what it feels like a little bit. She seems like the only character at the moment who we kind of know very little about. I mean, we've even had kind of hints with um, like Nurse Chapel as well. We've had hints that there's a past there with the doctor. But Ortega's, it's kind of like, what's your story? And it's intriguing because she is a very interesting character.
0: Yep, And I really like the way that Melissa Navia plays her. Like it's it, it, I want to know more. Mm. I think I think that's my frustration is that what we've got is really good. It's not enough, but that's fine. You know, it's ensemble show. We get what we get when we get it. But it's that everyone else has had their episode up until now. So like this feels like the I really hope you didn't just throw us this to be like, there you go. There's because I don't think they are doing that either. I think this actually is a bait and switch, the whole thing of Pike going, catch you next time.
2: The one thing that kind of does kind of ring alarm bell slightly is that we are now in season two and everybody else has had their kind of story. And I know that in, in all of the shows, in all of the Star Trek shows, there are episodes that are more focused on certain characters. I mean, i am obviously been watching Voyager and the episode I watched the other day, B'Elanna turned up in the very last scene. She was not in the episode until literally two seconds in the last scene. But having said that, like three episodes prior was all about her. And so there's a very, there is a balance throughout the series. But usually in a series, there's at least kind of two or three episodes focused on each character. Whereas at this point, we are coming up to the middle of season two. And she still hasn't had her moment. That's yeah. actually
0: really funny because I remember reached a bunch of interviews about, say, the, you know, Trek in the 90s, uh, just when it was uh, on all the time. So all the main cast, they get contracted. You will be in every episode. right? <laughs> now, Loosely. <laughs> if, if they write, you know, th- th- there's episodes where Picard or Cisco, who are your, your, your number one on the call sheet, they'll get Picard to Riker, please report. He's in the yeah. episode.
2: I've noticed this quite a lot recently yeah. in, in the episodes I've been watching, yeah. that there are characters that I'm like, they're very like take
0: it. Ne- take Neelix, for example. Like Neelix, I'm pretty sure is in almost every single episode because that will be what the contract said, even though there'll be like, and I'm not ragging on Neelix, but okay, there was no need for a character filling that role to be in this episode. Um, just like there's, you know, there's sometimes there's no call for... Paris to be okay, he flies the ship. There you go, you know, or mm-hmm. or instant game. Uh, whereas I, I, I absolutely love the joke that's going around. I realize we've gone slightly off topic, but <laughs> I love the joke going around that astrometrics was just created for seven to deliver powerpoints to the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love yeah. that so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but save that because otherwise you'll ruin my point for later. So, ah, save that.
3: I've got a few things I want to talk about before we move on. With what we were saying, I don't know if I like the this episode is about this character thing they're doing with strange new worlds Mm -hmm. because it it always starts with a like a summary of a character right basically through the season and i don't like that i don't like being told this episode's about this person okay so that's what we're going to do and i was like you don't need to you don't need to remind me you don't need to tell me and i'd rather be more of an ensemble that star trek kind of is where some episode might be like the the sort of A story might be this character, right? And then the B story is probably a bunch of other characters that aren't sort of doing anything. I'd rather they do that. And I know that they're, they're not doing 22 episodes a season. So like every episode kind of needs to be focused about. But you don't have to tell me. I'll figure it out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, get, it just gets on my nerves.
0: I, Joe, I, I agree. Because where it's been good is that it started last week's. Um, I, I confess, because I haven't watched season one in a while. So I was just like, I have no memory of that argument between La Anne and Number One at all. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. no. um, I mean, I
2: watched it a few weeks ago and even I was like, I don't remember
1: this. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was like, you know, kind of like, I I, I know it happened. No memory of the scene. Of the, but yeah, like, I get what you mean. It's, you know, I, you, you see it in like, uh, obviously it's become a bit of a trope. I think it speaks to, as well, there was something I was giving out about. Um, episode two, I was giving out about the fact that you know, we get to the end of the trial, and then uh, when Nira is delivering her closing comments, and she said, "Well, Una asked for asylum; she was being uh, persecuted," and then it shows you from that same episode. Yeah, yeah. Before, and I was just like, "I have been watching. I have been watching uh, for the last forty minutes. I've <laughs> maybe more sympathy if you were showing me something from last season. Yeah, mm. but I mean, this was from ten minutes ago.
3: I was. I forgot to bring that up in the podcast we recorded." Because that really bothered me. It was a thing they did in um, <clears throat> the movie Joker as well, where like all this stuff happens and they reveal that it was actually all in his head. And then they show you that it was all in his head. And you're like, I, I know, I know you just made it clear that that didn't happen. You don't have to show me again. The, yeah, stuff like that is kind of annoying. I don't really mm-hmm. see the point in it.
2: That yeah. was another one of those situations where I hadn't seen the episode, but I'd heard you talk about your thoughts on it and then watched the episode and was like, oh, there it is. There
1: yeah. it is.
3: <laughs> the, the other thing I'm wondering as well, um, what we sort of mentioned earlier, like this episode being a 15, it was Strange in the Worlds the first time I noticed this ha- happen. I don't know if they do with other Star Trek or other shows in general, but every episode has its own individual rating. Yeah. Like age rating, which I think is a really bizarre choice. Because if, if they're saying if you're under this age, you shouldn't watch it. Then do they expect people to just watch certain episodes that they're supposed to be watching? I think that's a bizarre way Yeah, of that doesn't it.
2: really work, especially if you're kind of continuing a storyline or you've got something that, you know,
3: yeah.
2: development. And you're suddenly exactly. like, well, I wasn't allowed to watch that episode, so can someone fill me in?
0: I think, yeah, because I'm, I'm used to season ratings. And even yeah. then, I, we go back a ridiculous amount of time. Uh, Buffy and Angel. So mm-hmm. that was when I first started paying attention because I remember buying the DVDs and the ones I was allowed to buy and the ones I had to certainly not send my friend. In. But remember season one of Angel, um, and that was the season was marked 18s because of the episode five by five, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, at least Grant, you know, at least you know going into the season there will be something that will be. So I do think you mark your whole season at what you reckon the most, you know, the the top level is, whether it's 18s or 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 15s or, or whatever. But mark the season that way. Know that you could end up watching something quite adult as yeah. opposed to, oh, episode one is PG, it's great. Episode two is the one where the Gorn turn into the xenomorphs and they just <laughs> yeah. burst out of your face. What the hell?
3: Okay, should we do ratings?
0: I'm going to give it a five. Wow. Um, I thought, like I said... The good was good, but the rest of the episode just it dragged a bit. So that's mm. that's 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 my that is my lowest rating of an episode this season so far.
2: Interesting. I don't think I'd go that low, I'm bordering on six seven. But I feel like maybe seven is a good good number to go with. Like I. I, As I said, I was kind of expecting it to be worse than it was because I'd heard your review. But um, watching it, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I think the whole premise of the memories going was really interesting. So, I yeah, I'd say seven.
3: As we said last week, Martin, our editor, uh, always guesses what I'm going to rate it. And I know I think he told me that he's told you, Sean, this time what he thinks. Um, because last time I saw what he said, and I think he doesn't want me to be swayed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, this week... I'm going to give this new episode of Strangely Worlds a 7. What? My highest score so far, I think I gave it what, I gave it a 5 then a 4, then a 6 I think so far. So this is a 7. I had a great time. I wasn't wasn't bored. Um, I wasn't annoyed. Although I fell asleep twice. (laughs) I, I, I enjoyed falling asleep to it. It was middle of the road Star Trek but I'll take that over then over something that's just gonna get on my nerves. What did, what did Martin guess? Uh, a high five or a low six? He's gonna be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't
0: got it right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's yeah. Uh, rage, rage against the dying
3: of the rating. Uh... <laughs> I think if we did like if we're doing decimal points, which is what normally I do when I rate things, but everyone gets annoyed. It probably would be more of like a six point eight or something like that. But that would just get complicated, so I'm happy just to say seven.
0: Right, and also, don't we normally round up anyway if we're going to do a death yeah, Yeah, yeah. That is grand. Cool. Mine would be like a 5.1 No.
1: (laughs)
3: For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. Okay, Sean, what is the news this week? Bobkiss. Okay. excusing me, because I refuse to leave my house, have been doing a whole bunch of things this week. Uh, so let's start with you guys meeting up in Gateshead. It was very exciting. Um,
0: first time in the office building. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was exciting. I think, yeah, I think everyone sometimes forgets that we're nowhere near each other.
2: <laughs> Absolutely not at all. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, even you're very, very far from the office and I'm yeah. across yeah. the water. Um, yeah. yeah. And we still got there before you did.
2: Oh, it was long. <laughs> it was long. I mean, I'm based very south. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, about 45 minutes, an hour outside of London. Yeah, And, and Newcastle was basically Scotland.
3: It, it, <laughs> it, was, would be, it would be a three hour drive for me and I live in the middle of England. So for you, it would be forever.
2: It took about five hours for me to get there and yeah. multiple trains and a bus. And it was a long day.
3: <laughs> in a
0: way, I was lucky. Because I had the flight. Yeah. So it's very direct. Do you know what I mean? So I it's a two-hour drive for me to get to the airport. So went up, parked, whatever. Sure, it's only a fifty minute flight then. Um, and then from the airport into the middle, into the central station, that's only another 40 minutes. So it was all really straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um and then where I was staying, it was only 10, what was in the end? Like once we knew where we were going, 10-minute 10, 10 walk? Something like that. Yeah, it was it was dead handy. I mean, like, Turns out Gateshead,
3: very close to Newcastle. Um, it's
2: just across the bridge. <laughs>
3: it's Newcastle. They need it's to New- stop. <laughs> I lived in Hove and Brighton and it, Hove is just Brighton. Come on. That's actually really funny because my buddy moved over to Brighton a few years ago and
0: he was laughing, explaining that to me. Yeah. He was like, you know, was like, yes, it's Brighton and Hove, but it's Brighton. But also you can't say that to the wrong person because then they're yeah. like, excuse me, I live in Hove.
3: Or- <laughs> Um, Well, a bunch of my family come from South Shields, which is the other bit next to it. But it's all Newcastle. Uh, It's 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 all South Scotland. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) It did
2: feel very far away, though. It was very strange. Like, I've been to other countries and yet being in Newcastle felt I felt really far away from home. I was like, this is so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's because I was by myself.
3: So did you have a fun time? Do you what did you get up to when you were there?
2: We got up to all sorts of chaos. I think maybe partly it's maybe a good thing that we don't all work in the same building all the time because
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I don't know how much work we'd get done. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, we did do some some great things. We've got some great things coming up. Um, it was great to be able to like be in a room and have a discussion. I know we do a lot of discussions like over Zoom or whatever, but there's just a different dynamic when you're all sat yeah. next to each other and you can kind of play off of each other in, an, in a different kind of way.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah for sure, like that, like we have discussion videos coming, we have a fun thing I don't want to spoil' oh, mm-hmm. got a be- a very fun so I'm excited
2: for everyone to see this. I can't really. wait. I hope it doesn't take too long
0: <laughs> he's crying yeah poor, poor like you know we 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 did our work over the two poor chris uh has 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 work to do with it, but oh, was so um, fun though. it was just and it was also it was just great, I mean, it's just great to interact with people. Well, I know there's 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 people like that. I'm with Walk Culture three years now and there was people I met for the first time last week.
2: Yeah, Uh, it is a very strange feeling to work for a company and yet be so isolated. Like it's a there's so many people that work for Walk Culture in general. And yet, like like you just said, I mean, I've Sean. I mean, now I've met more people, but. Prior to going to the Strange New Worlds event with Chris a few weeks ago, Sean was the only person I'd met. And even then, we'd only met in person once. Mm. And everyone assumes that we, you know, we all work together and, you know, go on our little outings, but it's just not the case.
0: I still think the funniest thing was I was working with Chris three years and we both had to travel to LA to meet for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Just that moment of, like... I mean, do you really not want me to, you know, to see where you live that much? Like, you know, kinda like I uh, will say
2: though, Sean, I think I think it's safe to say now, I would like to thank you for this time round not giving me COVID.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Still early days, Ellie, you never know.
2: (laughs) Because the first time Sean and I met, on my way home, you phoned me and went, So I've just taken a COVID test and I've got COVID and then (sighs) what, three days later, on my birthday, I get COVID. (laughs)
0: And I felt so bad as well because I, you know, yeah, I had COVID. Thankfully, it was fairly mild dose that I had. I'm pretty sure you were clinically dead for a few minutes.
2: <laughs> I was. It was awful.
3: See, I've never left the house. I never get COVID. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's the best argument against I've
2: it. never had no. COVID until I met this Irishman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they
0: all say uh, that. I was going to say, like, so, many, so many things I could respond with. <laughs> but no, it was So just in general, like... Being in and around the building was great. You know, there is actually a Trek Culture office as well, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great spending time with Chris. Um, and I mean, much as we do, Tom, you were missed. <laughs> Thank you. And it was it was said many times in the course of two days. It's like, we need to do something where we get Tom here as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I know, I know. I'll do it at some point. Yeah, I always have a good reason. But one day I won't have a good reason and I have to try and think of one. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: I just don't want
2: to. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Oh, no, I'm in a good mood. Everyone's well, and I have no conflicting plans. Oh, get in the car, so. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> well, I think as well, like I said before to you guys that when I first got added to like the Trek culture WhatsApp group, I had so much imposter syndrome that I remember wanting to ask Chris, are you sure you want to add me? Like, it's fine if you don't. Because that's just how my brain works. So I think a, a real like up thing, like come to the office, my brain just goes why Why would you want to do that? Like, no, you don't need to go. So it's just like a, it's battling that like, oh, I am actually part of the company and I, I should be mm-hmm. around you guys. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think it's weird as well as presenters because so many people in that building know who we are because our face and our voice is over so much of our content.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: yet you feel guilty being like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. It might be an editor or someone who yeah. literally looks at your face in great detail for hours on end. And yet you have no idea. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Who are you? It's, very, it's a very weird dynamic. But great to meet everybody.
3: I'm looking forward to the thing, because I don't really know what you guys got up to either. I, I saw some photos and things, and but I didn't know what really was coming out. So I'm as excited as everybody else.
2: <laughs> Neither do we.
3: <laughs> there, there is that as well. We know what we filmed,
0: but we don't know what it's going to end up.
2: Yeah, with. we don't know what's salvageable.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, other than that, Ellie, you went to was it uh, London Film and Comic Con?
2: It did. I went to London Film and Comic Con um on Sunday. It went, it ran Friday to Sunday but um I just went on the Sunday and I went I went last year and it was so busy last year. It was the one that was like going crazy on social media with um Joseph Quinn where they'd like massively oversold his meet and greets and the poor oh, guy man. was just oh. absolutely exhausted and being dragged left right and center. But I also think something had happened that year where another event had been cancelled. And so all the tickets from that event got put over to this this event. And so it was basically like two conventions worth of people in one building. And it was just chaos. Mm-hmm. Yesterday or whenever this goes out, Sunday, um, it was much more chill. It was much smaller, much quieter. It was it was very, very nice. Um, I bought a lot of Janeway merchandise
0: <laughs> We approve Very
1: I sent a
2: approved. photo To the Trek Culture Chat when I got home And I was like I sense a theme To the things I've bought here I FaceTimed Sean and I was like Look what I bought Just to show That's off All the Janeway things um,
0: And this is how exciting It was Sorry I was mid-nap <laughs> and, and and you rang me, and I was like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And you're like, ah, "I've got to my stuff." I'm like, "I'm awake."
2: <laughs> in fact, I think one of the things I bought is something that Sean does not have. And did you did you say you'd never seen it?
0: I had never seen this.
2: It's brilliant. It's a little Janeway figure, but it's Janeway from the episode flashback. So she's in like the original series uniforms, right? Um, or uniform. There's only one, um, which is. Really, really cool. But literally my mission for the whole convention was just to like get all the Janeway things I could find. And I pretty much did do that. Um, yeah, you know, I but- met some wonderful people. Um, I walked around the corner and a guy literally, I had, a, I had Janeway on my t-shirt. <laughs> Shock horror. And uh, a guy pulled me over and he was like, oh my God, it's so great to see a Star Trek fan here because there's so many Star Wars things here and I want to see a Star Trek fan. Spoke to him for about twenty minutes. May have done some like business nego- negotiating as well. So nice. <laughs> watch this space. <laughs>
3: Always on the hustle it is our elite.
2: Absolutely. I, <laughs> anyone. I was like, have you have you seen track culture? <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, what was really lovely, and this is not something that I've experienced really only once um, for the first time in this job, is I was approached a few times by some followers, um, and it was How's just really, it was, it was very surreal especially because the first time it happened I was in the room that was full of all the actual celebrities doing all their signings yeah and yet someone asked me for a photo and I was like you sure like Chuck Norris is over there or Aunt Greg <laughs> is over there like you sure you want me <laughs> um but it was it's very rewarding when people kind of come up to you and uh, appreciate your work because mm-hmm. I mean to me I'm this is the thing as well, like, as we were saying, we don't work in the offices. We don't, people assume it's like a massive thing. I work in my loft on my own. For, so for someone to know, recognize me and and kind of praise the work I do, I'm like, this is, I, thank you so much. But are you sure? You know, you were saying like imposter syndrome in the chat. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Um. But it was very lovely. What was really funny is my friend who was with me, she was taking the photo and she said, what you didn't notice was the woman behind looking at you seeing that someone was taking a photo with you and kind of looking at you like, should I know who that is? (laughs) Like, no, you shouldn't. Um, But yeah, that happened a couple of times. Someone came running up behind me and was like, you are, it is you. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Um, But yeah, it's very rewarding. It's very gratifying, but it's also just very surreal that people would take the time to (laughs) come up to people like us when there's real famous people in in the next room.
3: Well, it's enough of all these niceties because it's time to play Cargo Bay 101.
0: Now, after waxing lyrical about the joy and the happiness that goes in with the work, here comes Ellie to ruin something that somebody (laughs) might love. Cargo Bay 101, we all know how this works at this point. Our guest takes something and puts it in the cargo bay. We lock all of the doors and we sit there with our finger over the button that if we decide to press, that thing will be blasted out into space, never to be spoken of again in both the franchise, because that's the power we have, and of course, our podcast. So, Ellie, yes, what do you want to remove from Star Trek completely and utterly forever?
2: Okay. Now, as you guys know, I have to base this on what I've seen so far. So if you ask me this again in a few months, I could have a wildly different answer for you, but I'm going to base it on what I've seen so far and where I'm at so far, which is Voyager. And I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it because you all know how much I love it. But there is one thing that grinds my gears, my gears, <laughs> one thing that grinds my gears. Um, and it it started with one character, then that character left, and then it got even worse with the new one, which is the obvious um, convenience of first Kes and then Seven of Nine, always having the solution to any given problem. So, you know, Janeway and Paris, they leave, the, they disappear. And suddenly Kes are telepathic. It's fine. I can communicate with them. It's fine. It's all good. And then later on, something else happens. It's fine. Kes can move things with her mind now. It's all good. It's fine. And then for her last trick in her very last episode, except I know she comes back, but I haven't got that far yet. She just happens to conveniently just push them 10 years further in the direction they need to be.
1: <laughs> That's
2: Kes. <laughs> but then it gets even worse, right? Because Seven of Nine joins. And we touched on this a bit earlier. You were saying like astrometrics was just built for Seven of Nine to give PowerPoints. But even more so, it's like every other episode, it's like, my Borg nanoprobes can solve this problem.
1: Mm.
2: My Borg nanoprobes can adjust this weapon. It's fine. If we adjust my Borg nanoprobes, we can adjust the molecular structure of this species' body and it'll all be fine. And it's like almost as if the rest of the crew are null and void. All of a sudden, it's like, would these people be alive if Seven of Nine was not on this ship anymore? Because she conveniently has the, the the solution to every single problem. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, she's a great character, and I really enjoy the development and seeing her in Picard. But I feel like at this point in time, it's kind of like, what is the rest of the what's the point of the rest of the crew right now? And I particularly think that where I'm at at the moment. Balana was a character who, you know, at one point she's the engineer. She has the engineering solutions. And at the moment she's going through this phase of just being angsty and angry all the time. And I'm like, to be honest, I don't blame you because your purpose in this show has been taken away. And Seven just solves all the problems. And it's like, well, what do I do now? And it just, it grinds my gears, you know? Seven's an interesting character, but does she have to always solve the problem with the nanoprobes? Is there not a, a more creative solution to these
1: issues?
3: I've said it before with other Star Trek seasons where it's like, oh, this is the data character in this episode. Cause data usually just solves the day mm-hmm. by just doing whatever he, because he can do whatever he wants. And data I've always described as the sonic screwdriver of Star, Star Trek. Mm. Cause the sonic screwdriver always could instantly save the day. Whatever problem you're in, I'll just use the sonic screwdriver. There's an episode. I saw this once when I was editing for Who Culture. Uh, there's a little shout out to Who Culture. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I, uh, there was an episode I saw a clip of that I forgot about where the doctor says, uh, do you know what happens when I use two sonic screwdrivers together uh because I don't or something? And then it like does this big explosion or whatever. <laughs> and it was the most like, uh, we need to come up with something. What if we put two sonic screwdrivers together? That mm-hmm. will save the day one. It will yeah. make something up. And it's that mentality of like, we've made this situation. How do we solve it? I don't know, nanoprobes? They'll That's the
2: thing, does. though. It's not even a case of Seven's come up with the solution, and she's really thought hard about it. It's the solution is always the nanoprobes It's like I'm Borg; I can solve the problem, or it's my Borg <laughs> database has the information you need for this. It's like, how did this ship survive before Seven of Nine was aboard? Because it did for like four years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, like
2: we always forget when Seven
0: cured death. You know, like do, <laughs> oh, do you remember yeah. that? So it's just like you know, like you know, oh, how long has he been dead for? It's just fine. You're grand, I just listen. feel
2: like it undervalues the rest of all the characters it's like all of these characters have a worth and up until this point they had moments where they could show it and now it's always everyone's in peril and no one has a solution and uh ah, seven can fix it it's seven's got the the nanoprobes. it's not even seven fixing it it's the borg stuff inside of her it's like when did the borg become the heroes <laughs>
1: No,
0: Actually, you know what? Actually, <laughs> that's 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 a really good point. So like, do we root for the Borg
2: now? It's no. like the Borg literally saved this ship more times than we need to count. Is this really yeah. the the avenue we're going down here? That they can't en- survive en- without the Borg.
0: <laughs> Ensign came going for a promotion. Listen, Captain, I think I've done X, Y, and Z. Ah, but did you have a PowerPoint?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, fair enough
2: yeah so that that is the thing that really bugs me is just plot convenience where it's almost a bit lazy it's like can you not think of something better <laughs> or give it to a different character can someone else come in and, can Neelix come in for a change and go I've got an idea
3: <laughs> yeah well they should have. I wonder if they did this I don't know if this is an edit, a uh, writing technique in shows but what they should do is have a problem and then they have to be like right Neelix is the one who solves this episode let's think of a way of how
1: yeah and in that or- way they have to really think go
2: going like each of these characters how would they solve it how would they solve it how would they solve it which is the best solution here yeah <laughs> not mm. at seven <laughs> or fix it
3: <laughs> well that's the thing with star trek as well like it's it's famous for its um science mumbo jumbo Mm. And you kind of just have to accept that after a while. But when the episode is like, we have to put the Splingo with the Splongo. Oh, it, it worked! And it's like I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I guess you've saved quantum the day. in front of it. If there's quantum in front of it. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. But
0: I do
2: feel like, as we've said, it did focus on the science, and there has been a lot of conversation about how they try to root it in as much real science as they can. But at this point and where I'm at in my viewing, it does seem that they've kind of brushed that aside and it's just a case of let's not bother with all that sciencey stuff. The nanoprobes will solve it. It's Mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, I mean, am I overreacting? I don't know, but...
3: I agree. I think we should send that to space.
0: I I am totally on board with that. The over-reliance on that, yep, 100%. So, all right, as one, three, two, (laughs) one. Oh no, we blasted Ellie into space! (laughs) Oh no!
2: (laughs) It's all right, the nanoprobes will solve it.
3: <laughs> I am opening healing frequencies and reading some questions from Twitter. Um, remember, guys, if you want to ask us anything, for the next podcast or future podcast episodes, uh, then hashtag Ask Trek Culture is how you want to do that. Uh, I'm just gonna be reading out one question for today. Uh, I have got a few more written down, but don't worry, guys, if I haven't read it out, I'm saving those for either the next or the next few podcast episodes. So today, this is from uh, at the big guy86. That could mean a few different things. <laughs> Uh, so well done, if if it means one of them. uh Ask Trek Culture, what's your favourite moment of Strange New Worlds to date, and least favourite? I know my least favourite. I mentioned um, it the I'm first episode. Have a think. Ahura, when I think it was an Ahura says Ahura for the win. Least favourite. That sucks. Uh, favorite? I'm not sure.
0: Very. T- I'm, it's sort of a collection of moments. It's the whole Ambanga's daughter and the transporter. Mm. Well, no one checked. it's like, why is this transporter? Like, you know, we haven't finished beaming someone in. Okay, well, we'll just use that then because we're using... So that was one of my least favourite. My favourite is Pike talking to Pike. Mm -hmm. I I just Mm -hmm. loved it. First watch and I Mm -hmm. often come back and watch it again. I just love it. Maybe Mm -hmm. because of a certain uniform, who knows? But um, yeah, I absolutely love that whole sequence because of course it's start and end of the episode as well. They're just Mm -hmm. so good together.
2: Least favourite, I think... I'm a little bit over all the love stories. So I I wasn't so keen on the whole um, Kirk kiss situation. I think I I mean, I just feel like it's been overdone a little bit now. You've already got the um, Chapel and Spock thing happening. It's like, does everyone need to be... Does everyone need to be pairing off? Is it necessary?
3: (laughs) Mm. I'm going to be sneaky and say that I'm saving my favourite for the crossover episode, which is assuming, I assume, is going to be my favourite part. (laughs) So...
0: Imagine it was
3: terrible. <laughs> I know. I'm actually getting scared of that. I'm getting scared mm-hmm. that I'm going to watch and go, eh, it was okay. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I tell you what, I did quite enjoy. I quite enjoyed seeing a little bit more of a chilled um, element to the crew. So when they were all kind of sat around having dinner, because it's not something we see very often in Star Trek, it's all very, you know, mess hall. And there is a little bit of kind of, they do mm-hmm. sit, but it's not everyone together. It doesn't matter that I'm the captain and you're an ensign or whatever. It's kind of like, here's a moment for us all to get to know everybody because we're going to be on this ship together for a long time.
3: Yeah. And it was quite
2: nice to see a different dynamic between those characters that we don't often see.
3: When you get to Enterprise, they they do have dinners a lot. So three characters have and mm-hmm. Dinner a lot, and it is similar to that. But it's not everyone. It's not like what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. the whole crew are just together. But...
2: And I think part of it being that, like Pike is the one cooking the meal. It kind of those ranks are removed, and mm-hmm. it's kind of just let's get to know everybody. You know, it's like if you had like an office thing, and everyone's like, right, let's let's all go out to dinner. I'm not your boss anymore at the moment. We're all friends. We're just going to have a chat. Let's all, you know, tell me about you. Yeah. I just quite like it. it's a different dynamic that we. I mean, I haven't seen so much of as of yet.
3: <laughs> you just reminded me, my second least favourite thing I forgot to mention about this recent episode is something I hate that they do in TV and film all the time is the when he made dinner and no one ate the dinner. I hate yes. when people leave food. It drives me <laughs> up the wall. Like no it's one sausage. actually does that.
2: No one like, eats I- the food.
3: Joy is what well. it bugs me the most when people
0: do breakfast and they have this really elaborate like hotel style breakfast. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just gonna grab a banana and go to school. on this instant and eat yeah. that food that's yeah. put in front of you. Someone's been up for about three hours preparing right. this. Yeah. This is a
2: thing in Voyager that I've noticed a lot. You know, the whole thing they keep talking about how they're on rations, and it's really important that you only use the replicators for certain things, and they never eat the food that Neelix has made for them, although I understand that most of the time it's not nice. But a lot of the time it's like coffee, and then they take like two sips, and then they just leave it, and you're like, you just wasted mm-hmm. that replicator energy, right?
3: <laughs> and you're on
1: rations. <laughs>
3: I watched Gilmore Girls last autumn, and uh, all the time it's they're in a cafe. They've got this big like pancakes and bacon and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, I've got to run, I've got to go to school. And I'm like, you, you, who orders all that food and then just walks out the cafe? No one More does that.
2: Waste of money and food. Yeah,
3: it drives me up the wall. So that's my least, <laughs> my my second least favorite thing.
2: I mean, I can see it from the other side. Like as an actor, it must be awful having to constantly be eating or for like yeah.
3: take. You after do take. that. Pretend like take a tiny bite, but pretend to be chewing loads. Yeah. And I hate when you like, it'll be like, oh, I've got coffee, everybody like, and everyone has their coffee cup and it's clearly empty and they're just picking up yeah. this empty like <laughs> yeah. piece of plastic that just moves about the place. Or oh,
2: there's like no steam coming out of it. It's like, well, I would be sending that back. My coffee yeah, is cold. Like, blowing
3: <laughs> it. Ooh. Yeah.
0: There was a, there, there's a, a story from, this going to sound so random, but the, that movie Amadeus that came out in the 80s. Oh yeah. Uh, so the... Amadeus, Amadeus. I love it. <laughs> um, so the the lead actress, uh, there's a scene where she sits down with Salieri and she's eating these marzipan things, right? And director Milos Forman, you know, for whatever reason, like got to do it again, got to do it again. And she sits there and she and it's all she is eating these things. And then in the interview, she's like, "Yeah, I hate marzipan <laughs> with an absolute." Passion, Christ. And I was just like, oh, well, you got the Same. realistic shot, though. <laughs> Yay, you were actually eating the food. She's like, I hated my life. This was awful.
2: I feel like times have changed. Now it'll be like, how can we make this better for you? Give me yeah. a list of your dietary requirements.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Okay, after that wonderful, wonderful set of rants, uh, I think that brings us up to, to time this week. Um, so... Ellie, thank you so much for joining us. Tom, thank you so much for being the amazing, wonderful, hairy dwarf that you are. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ellie, first, where can people reach out to you, get in touch with you? And do you have anything coming up on Who Culture?
2: Do you have anything coming up? Oh, we have quite a lot of stuff coming up on Who Culture, actually. I couldn't tell you what's coming out first because who knows what's coming out first, but there is some exciting stuff stuff's coming. Stuff <laughs> coming.
1: Cool stuff. Um,
2: Obviously, we were in the offices together, so we didn't just film for Trek culture. We filmed for Who culture as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, in terms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, search Ellie Littlechild. There aren't many of us, so you'll find me. I mean, social media just seems to be a little bit of a scary place at the moment. Like there's, like, there's too many things going on. But as it stands, Twitter and Instagram is where you'll find me.
0: The wonderful Tom, same question for you.
3: Yeah, well, I have nothing coming on who culture. no. Um, (laughs) uh, Actually, I don't really know what's coming out for me in terms of Trek culture at the moment. I'm editing a few things, editing a Sean list at the moment. I edited another list. I can't say who it was, but I think people will be excited when it comes out. You can find me on different social medias at Tom C. Finn or type in Tom Roberts Finn, um, and you'll find me there. I just want to say, me and Chris, for the first podcast episode, Ellie we had the idea of putting your name in a description as a wrong name like one of the wrong <laughs> names that I've given you before but we thought we don't actually want to piss you off <laughs> that, <laughs> the episode we put out we don't put your name in it so we we changed that idea but it was funny on our heads but yeah you can find me there um and you can find me at this podcast if you haven't listened to previous episodes give them a listen feel free to at us with at not at, sorry, hashtag ask Culture for questions, and I will be trapped in my internet phantom realm for future episodes.
0: Excellent. Cool, cool, cool. Uh of course you can find me in all the various socials at Sean Ferrick. Uh sometimes that's accurate, sometimes I change it for the crack. <laughs> um we so you get at triculture on Twitter, at YT on Instagram, at Culture on Blue Sky. Um, to answer the questions I seem to be getting all the time no we do not currently have a Threads account um, that may change I personally am sitting over here in the EU going enjoy your new app everyone whereas <laughs> it hasn't launched in the EU yet so just to answer that question um, you can of course follow the ups and downs which are coming out every week so we'll have this week's ups and downs course will drop on Thursday um, so the teaser pictures from this week's episode look like a lot of fun so I have a feeling next week's podcast episode might be slightly more upbeat from Ireland. (laughs) Um, I mean, at least a Um, 5.5. Folks, thank you so much for listening along. Uh, You are wonderful. You are awesome. Um, Look after yourselves till we're talking to you again. Make sure you're subbed on all of the various things because that's how we know you're awesome. You're awesome anyway. We're just glad that you're here. Everyone, look after yourselves. Make sure that you live long and prosper. And until next time.
1: Bye.